Stocker, formerly known as Bria, is an experimental electronic pop artist based out of Brisbane who's just released her first single under her new name. I don't know. I took a risk, a calculated risk, but I'm not good at math. There are a lot of other Brias. There are a lot of other Brias out there. Alongside her is her producer, James, also known as Teja Vu. My dad always jokes like he spent his whole life working for it and then I just got a little bit of an ear for it. So he kind of just created me and I have the ear that he worked for. You're his legacy. (laughs) In this week's episode, we talked about social media pressure as an influencer. And even then it felt like disingenuous. Mm. And and now even more so because like everyone knows the formula. Sit in your car, play the song, showing my friends the song. Her new single rodeo. Half Tokyo Drift, half I'm a cowboy in a saloon. (laughs) Like, you know, like a whiskey slid across the bar and I like (laughs) grabbed it and like pulled a pistol out. Um, And creative collaboration. Uh, and the best collaborations happen when you're in a room with people and you don't have a vision, you don't know what it looks like yet, but mm. you all can kind of see that light. This episode is great for producers, emerging influencers, and upcoming musicians. Okay, ready? Ready? Yep. Ready? Let's ready? go. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fro Show. My name is Frank Mankin. I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful co-host, Joe Murray. Hello, Frank. And we are joined by two... Beautiful guests. We are joined by Stalker, formerly known as Bria. And we are joined by James, also known as Deja Deja Vu. Vu. Yes. I, I almost nailed that. Nailed <laughs> I almost nailed that. No, I think that was a nail. I would, I'm going to give it a good, like, A minus. Are you in a toolbox? Because you nailed it. Thank you. I'm actually a tradie. I, uh, no. That would be sick, though. I believed it. I was like, yo, I'm a painter. Anyway. <laughs> This, I can immediately tell that this is going to go so off the rails. But <laughs> Stocker and James are... Uh, are you guys technically a duo? No. You are no, a, I'm a single the, with a producer. I'm mm. just the the kind of... The main producer. Yeah. He's right. definitely he's definitely like... Like, we're, we're a little bit conjoined. Okay. Yeah. Not totally. You know Not what I mean? like yeah. officially. There's Not no married. official part. We're poly. Yeah, and there's no, and there's no, <laughs> there's no contracts, none of that. No, no, none of no. that. No. I was, I was saying today, I think, to Joe, I was like, I think it's like a Billie Eilish Phineas thing where mm. they like have their own things yeah. going, but they come together a lot. Yeah. No, that's exactly That's it. a that's good exactly way to look it. at it. Yeah. Except we're not siblings. No. Maybe in a past life or something. Maybe yeah, I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. But you're, we were trying to figure this out before what genre it is. And it falls under pop, but it's like your latest single is very like, oh, latest single Rodeo came mm. out like three, four days mm. ago? Yeah. Something yeah. like that? Yeah. Something like um, that. But it, what, what did you say it was? Like science pop? Um, what was no, it? I said, I think I said pop. electronic pop. That's the one yeah, I was yeah, looking yeah. for. <laughs> very science fiction though. Like it would be played at the end of a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I was picturing it as like, um, like uh, in the soundtrack of sex education, like that mm. kind of. Cool. Like, yeah. That's, that's where I was that sync payment. Let's, Let's go, <laughs> baby. Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> gimme, gimme. But do you want to, do you want to buy you a little bit? Tell, tell a little bit about yourself as, as a musician. Yeah, well, I make pop music, but I'm very much so on that new wave of like future pop, like hyper pop, where we are just blending genres. You mm. know what I mean? Um, particularly rodeo is sort of on that wave of like... More um, so than anything before as well. Yeah. Like I feel like we're thinking about cross genre a lot more now and like taking it a bit more left incorporating like oh let's put some bring the guitar back into it with like electronic beats and like just not really feeling very limited to like just being super poppy I yeah, guess yeah mm. exactly I want to play with everything and yeah. really inspired by like for this one I was I mean the story behind rodeo is I was driving through an intersection it was 
two days into me trying to write for the supergroup, and I've got a few demos of what I wanted, but it just it, it wasn't hitting. It wasn't what I wanted. Mm. Um, so I'm driving home, and I'm at an intersection, and I uh, see as I'm starting up, I realise that the car across from mine is my ex's <laughs> and so I as I'm trying to drive out I sort of stall the car and she's like turning right and I was like she can see me and I was like oh this is the most embarrassing thing ever but you know it got a great song out of it but at the yeah. time at the time I was listening to Springsteen like that like good sort of like Americana rock and yeah. the, it, it felt very like like western like like stand like yeah, standoff like showdown sort of vibes because it's like yeah. you know dancing in the <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah that was kind of the inspiration behind it um but i also wanted to incorporate like elements of like new metal like being a female artist um uh, i think it's really cool that like a lot you of to do women your first scream yeah my first like screamo um <laughs> But, yeah, I think it's really cool that a lot of women are, like, reappropriating new metal after, like, you know, I guess the connotations it had in, like, the early 2000s. Mm. And that's, that's kind of what I want to do is, like, sample but be smart without sampling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make it mean something. Like mm. Grab everything. And pinch it. And pinch yeah. it. Yeah. And do you want to talk a little bit about the what you mentioned before? It's called Underground? Is that what it's called? The unearthed. Unearthed. Triple J Unearthed, yeah. Yeah. So what what is that? Because there's a lot going on there. Oh, yes, yes. So the DIY Supergroup competition, it's been running for... Couple, couple of years, years now, yeah. Um, I remember I did it two years ago. You did? Yeah, I did. <gasps> I didn't to know no, that. To no real response, oh. but. That's all right. You he- Look here where now, you are yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, Triple J. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen that um, one coming. You know what? Sometimes you just need like a real artist, like a woman, it's to true. help you. <laughs> it's true. Um, but they do a competition where they basically get a bunch of artists to drop in some samples into a big pack. And then uh, you, as an independent artist in Australia, get to take these samples, make a song out of it, and, you know, best best man wins. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really cool, like, I guess, f- for how we went about it, like, I like to do a lot of sound design, and we really repurposed the samples and didn't just really use them for what they were. Like, turned the bass guitar into a bass synth and trushed it and distorted it and turn the vocals into a pad, like Holly Hobberstone's vocals into a pad and just repurposing it. Mm. So then you can, if you listen to the song, it's like, other than like that, that dude, that rapper's ad libs and like one beat, it's all kind of like, you'd have to pick out like, where are the samples? And I could be like, well, actually if I, yeah, this is one of the samples, this is as well. Mm. Well, that's why I like working with James, particularly when we were going through the samples, like if I have a crazy idea, he's not shutting it down. He's not Mm. like a, you know, you don't have a producer mindset that's very, like, theory-based of, like, oh, no, you can't do that, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, oh, definitely not. I don't think, I think that's just, anytime you, it, like, I feel like in the creative process, like, when I'm producing for people, someone will come say an idea and, like, your initial egoic response will be, like, I don't think that's going to work, but you have to try it anyway. And then 50% of the time you either just feed your ego and go, yeah, it didn't work, or it works and it's where it takes you where the song needs to go, mm. so... There's no point in being closed-minded when it comes to that kind of stuff. There's no ego in our studio. No, although really. you, you will say, oh, let's do this. And I'm like, oh, I'll still no, let you, I'll still well, let you I feel it, like when you're making music, there's always a little bit of ego going on. But Yeah. I don't know. We're all narcissists here. <laughs> <laughs> do you have yeah. to stick with a specific genre with that when you pull in those samples? Um, no, no. They let no. you do whatever. Yeah, yeah. they kind of just – they. I think they want you to kind of go a bit wild with it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. 
That's why yeah. we got to play around, particularly with like um, extended vocal technique, like having those like 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 screamo vocals and stuff in there. Like yeah. so much fun to play with. Do you want to talk about the turnaround and how? F- oh yeah, <laughs> we did it. Well, because. I'd wasted the first two days with like these demos that I didn't like and the universe only let me run into my ex on the second. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, yeah, it was Wednesday and we didn't get into the studio until like 3 p.m. Cause I and we couldn't we have the weekend because I was going on tour with Wigs. So I was going down to Sydney so I couldn't yeah. do the weekend. And so I we literally had... Like until Thursday night because I drove yeah. to Byron 6 p.m. Thursday and James was flying up like 5 a.m. Friday Monday, morning. Friday morning. Yeah. <laughs> so very quick. It was like 27 hours. Yeah. Bing Which bong. was, I think we should do that more because I feel mm. like it, it was really nice just being very like, we have to do this now and just like going a little bit insane, but like getting to a point where it's like finished so quickly and you mm. don't have any real chance to like second guess what's going on or be... Mm really picky with it like the imperfections you just kind of deal with because it's like oh that's the deadline like that's it absolutely so yeah I'm too much of a perfectionist (laughs) (laughs) but this was your first single as Stoker yeah do you want to talk a little bit about that rebrand oh yes so I was Bria which is my real birth name (laughs) um but there's so many other Brias out there that was (laughs) I don't know I took a risk a calculated risk but I'm not good at math there are a lot (laughs) of other Brias there are a lot of other Brias out there. Um, so I was kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to change it because it's difficult to search. When you look me up, up comes yeah. Brian Eno, which like slay, but slay. not me. Um, music for airport, slay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was like, I'm going to have to change. So I went, um, did some soul searching at the start of the, in about December, yeah, we had a we had a break. We had mm. a like because me and Bria, were, I started doing production, and Bria was the first person I started working with as a producer. Bestie, back in like COVID, 20, like, 2020, yeah, like right uni after time. COVID. Mm. And yeah, we kind of just like ha- we have kind of bursts of kind of creative things, and then we go off and do our own things and live our own lives. And mm. I feel like this was like quite a big break, but I think it was necessary because when we came back, there was like a real understanding of like where what the next phase is yeah mm. for, for our relationship creatively yeah completely yeah so I, I was sort of like I'd done the first two singles and I really burnt myself out doing it all myself mm. um well I mean obviously the second one was with like Moss and his label so it made it a bit easier but the first one having to release something with like no I had to learn everything from mm. within like six weeks we just sort of decided we yeah. were doing it you did really well you picked up like you now you can say you you know the yeah exactly the rollout like how to roll how a to song out it. yeah yeah and it's good doing my own like marketing and PR but boy is it exhausting so I was <laughs> tell like, us about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so I was like okay like I've done that I can just buy a little bit of time to chill out find myself and um, one of my, I guess, mentors sort of sat me down around like November and was like, look, you're doing great, but I just, I think you need to really know who you are. So I called James. I was like, I'm taking a month off. I was just going to take off December. And then December turned into three <laughs> months. Yeah. Um, Feb. But uh, yeah, January, I think it was like very end of December, January, I sort of came to me. I was like, I want to go by my, my mother's maiden name, Stocker. And I told... Uh, a friend of mine I told James and everyone's first reaction was oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it grew on me quite quick to mm. be honest 
Yeah, like, yeah. I, and I let it. I let when it. You rest visualize for a few it months. when you visual. When I heard it, I was like. But then when I visualized it, I was you like, st- you okay, You see cool. it on a banner and you're like, yeah, yeah. 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 And like, yeah, it just, it made sense. Yeah, exactly. Is there any extra significance to that name except that it was just your mother's maiden name? Like um, to you? I think it's like sort of forces me to get in touch with like the feminine side of like myself and my family. Um, my mum's side's like they were musical as well, as was my dad's side. But like, um, uh, like my uncle is like a musician himself. And um, I don't know, it, it, it felt right and it felt, I liked how masculine it was and, you know, pairing it with just like how, I don't know, like <laughs> feminine I am, like, <laughs> and like the visuals and the sound, like I, I, it just felt, I don't know, felt sometimes right. things just click. What do we say like, in the yeah. car? Bria was bestie and Stocker's Bria was slay. bestie, but Stocker's slay. So, from the right answer. <laughs> for as long as slay lasts. Yeah, yeah another six months. Or right. Well, I managed to keep... I, it I go on for a while. I kept bestie going on for like a year. You're single-handedly I can, I keeping it I think slay implemented itself into culture a little bit deeper mm. than bestie did. Well, I got slay on Triple J, so... Yep. Sliff, slaff, slough. Goddamn did. <laughs> <laughs> Sliving. Uh, <laughs> Sliving. <laughs> um, speaking about your family... Mm. How do you feel like your upbringing has affected your musical career? Like, how has that played a part? You know what? Well, my dad's a jazz sax player and used to run a jazz club in Hong Kong in the 90s. Okay. So I just kind of always like, yeah, which is a whole other thing. But yeah, so I just grew up with dad, seeing dad play music. So I kind of had no other, in my mind, there was no other real path other than like being a professional video game player. Like person, <laughs> but like, which which is another Fortnite, story, but Fortnite. <laughs> not Fortnite. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it was just like kind of clear to me that that's what I wanted to do, and I have very supportive parents when it came to like pursuing music and stuff. And yeah, I think it was kind of a no brainer. And my dad always jokes like he spent his whole life working for it, like studying it, and then I just got a little bit of an ear for it. So he mm. kind of just. Part, like created me and I have the ear that he worked for. You're his legacy. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, sick. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I sort of, I didn't really grow up that musical. Like I did Kids on Keyboards, you know. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> Such a throwback. What's that? Kids on Keyboards is where like on a Wednesday before school, they have, I don't know, this music teacher comes in at like 7 a.m. and like a bunch of kids go in and learn how to play chopsticks. Cool. So, <laughs> slay. No, 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 no. Specific the chopsticks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess like my uncle is a musician and my he's a sax player too, isn't he? He's a saxophone player. Yeah. Interesting. He slaves. Um, <laughs> he slaxes. He slaxes. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> slaxophone. Slaxophone. Can we get a slack solo. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, but then I don't know. I sort of just fell into music. I always wanted to be like. I don't know, like doing something creative to some capacity. I was in like theatre and absolutely loved that. Um, and then I decided when I was like 10, I wanted to be on Australia's Got Talent, as, <laughs> yes. as, as the kids do. Um, but yeah, went through the whole like choir, like choir camp and like theatre camp and like, you know, um, picking up instruments. Um, but my mother as well, like she, she always did event management. Mm. Um, she used to organise like... I mean, not so slay, but she would organise, like, the fashions on the field for the races in our hometown. Right. And, like, she's very much so a little, like, girl boss. So I think that rubbed off on me, like, marketing-wise. Mm. 
um, and how I like approach like my brand and my sound and you know. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Mm. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your marketing is so interesting though. <gasps> Thank um, you. Cause you kind of, <laughs> was it intentional to have a, a, a fairly popular TikTok or was that kind of just like a oh. kind of memeing on TikTok? That just happened. Like, oh. yeah. You were kind of early to TikTok, right? I was very early to TikTok. I, Cause I went to, I went to a performing arts school mm. to do like music and theater and film. And I, by the end of it, I was like, I never want to touch music again. Mm. <laughs> I was so over it. Um, and so the only thing I really had to like keep me going creatively was like TikTok had just happened like end of 2018. Mm. So I'd posted a few videos and I was kind of doing like the influencer thing on Instagram, but like not really, like I had only a thousand followers, but I just really liked posting like fashion stuff. I was mm. really into fashion. Mm. Um, but my way to promote, I realized that when I would have a really funny story, I was getting more likes and it wasn't like, it wasn't like intentional. I didn't know it was marketing, but so I would make things on TikTok because it was an easier interface to like just use and edit on the fly. Um, and then if I put it on my story and then I was like new post up, I was getting more likes on my photos. Oh. Um, so it wasn't meant for TikTok at all. But then like one of those ones that I made for Instagram just blew up Yeah. and I was like, Oh, Okay, cool. So that night I made like five more and all of those started getting numbers because right, I was so like, you, I can't let this go. So you started using TikTok as a video editor and not yeah. as an actual social yeah. media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's oh, true. exactly oh, it. Yeah, wow. Yeah, just to put on my stories. Um, and also because like there was like a guy I liked and I was like, oh, he'll like see them. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so yeah, um, it just sort of like went off and then that night I made like a few more and I just sort of started following the trends and I noticed people were really into like nostalgia mm. um mm -hmm. so I was just sort of like making like videos of me of like characters that I look like like um what's her name from like Hotel Transylvania like I dressed up as her <laughs> oh, yeah. I dressed up as like the guys from Yo Gabba Gabba um <laughs> <laughs> and then just sort of like rode rode the wave a little bit until mm. until I got here <laughs> and I just kept doing it. <laughs> yeah. While. What's your opinion on the whole like thing that's kind of come out with how, Halsey? yeah, Halsey yeah. and Charlie and stuff. Um, I think it's it's a yeah it's kind of like a catch twenty two where I people don't like to be marketed to mm. anymore, and mm. so I understand the need to like try and do this like um anti marketing, but um. You're talking specifically about like the I made this song in a day and here's the Yeah, keyboard. like the whole and also like labels mm. and like you know, yeah. it's becoming a, a thing where like people are really focusing on the outcome of TikToks to yeah. to base their whole Oh yeah, how Halsey process. said yeah. this morning, like I want to release the music. Yeah, video, yeah. The yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I think that? is kind oh, of I don't think so. I think it's kind of like I don't know, there's it, it feels like it's getting a little bit I feel like the whole content, content, content thing is getting a little bit much. Mm. Yeah. And it's really, kind of really taking quickly, away mm. from the, art. The Halsey thing mm. is um, she wants, or they, sorry, they want to release a music video and then you single, um, but the label doesn't want to release the music video or the single until there's a uh, viral TikTok mm. that they have. So right. they're barring them from posting and uploading from and releasing from like releasing the song of until of of albums, 168 like, yeah. million albums yeah, like and they have the final master so they can't just how yeah. he can't just drop it yeah you know? yeah anyway yeah, sorry quick little yeah, yeah mm. no, no that's exactly so. it yeah and i think it kind of just makes me think more about like 
we're getting to a point where we are kind of maybe losing a bit of appreciation for like good art and like Mm. good quality art because people are getting told to pump stuff out and they can't they feel like they can't slow down and focus on their art as much because they need to keep it out (laughs) you know keep the momentum up yeah and i think that's something that we should actually be very conscious of because it's going to dilute it all down and it's going to i don't know art's so important for just evolution in general so yeah we see it everywhere like it's the same thing with with movies like you get the same thing with the marvel movies where they're like pumping Mm. out a movie every three Mm. months yeah it's like that's that can't be sustainable yeah yeah (laughs) definitely and everyone's i feel like i had an idea today i was like maybe they you could create an alternative platform which is like um for creatives and art artists and it has a limitation on posting so it does you don't have to meet a quote like you don't have to just keep feeding the algorithm your algorithm can be fed by just doing a post once a week and you can make that really good quality you don't have to keep like doing it but i don't know you like, don't have to try and um, keep up with the other content creators yeah because it's like it's people out there that are naturally better at it than other people and people out there just don't want to do it as well and it's kind of like mm. kind of a really weird playing field but Wait. Yeah, you'd understand this as well, like doing the 365 vlogs. Mm. And like as well, we've seen it happen with the YouTubers where there's no limitations on on like what is required of them. Like you work through the holidays, you work through Christmas, mm. you work every single day of the year and you burn yourself out. And then when you have a break, you're either forgotten about or people are mad at you. And mm. that's happening to musicians like more and more now. Yeah, and it doesn't really give you any time to like to produce quality it's yeah it's produce quality like put you get yourself really inside the process because you're just thinking about i need to get this out now like mm-hmm. yeah and sometimes that's good but like a lot of the time like you said it does dilute yeah it. i think there needs to be a balance and it i feel like where the world's at right now there's a bit of an imbalance with that yeah, if there's, people were there's coming a difference out between it. it being your choice to pump out that much content and yeah like you have to mm. pump out yeah that exactly much yeah yeah definitely found that with the start of tiktok like so i didn't ask to be there but then once it happened, it was like, oh, I, w- I don't want to lose this. Mm. And it's just these cycles, sense of mm. like creating content and being really good at it for like a month and then like dropping off and then that. And particularly early days when I was sort of starting on music with James and, and talking to people in the industry, they're like, well, you've got this big following. Like, why aren't you promoting the music? Why aren't you posting your demos? Why aren't you? And even then it felt like disingenuous. Mm. And, and now even more so because like everyone knows the formula, sit in your car, play the song, showing my friends the song, play, writing the song. Yeah, like, Give me a suggestion for a song. Like everyone like knows weird. the formula. But the hard part is, is that even right now, it still works and it, it, it's gonna, it stops working day after day. But a year ago, I was like, nah, it's going to die off soon. And now mm. I'm here a year later. I'm like, should I have just sold out <laughs> and done it then? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but there's a, there's a level of integrity that you uphold as well where you're mm. like, okay, that's where I draw the line. Like, that's yeah. something that I don't want to partake in because mm. it makes me feel worse about my art. Yeah. So that's clearly a decision that you've made. Yeah, yeah well, until recently. You well, can yeah. look at my TikTok now, guys. <laughs> well, Joe girl was, busting the music You the wanted way. to ask about that, didn't you, about the TikTok? Um, I, well, I wanted to ask, yeah, why don't you post your other stuff on TikTok like why don't you promote your music on your TikTok because we had a very brief look through it before today. yeah yeah very brief we spent like 15 minutes going through your TikTok <laughs> 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 everybody should be spending 15 minutes going through my TikTok <laughs> no one else <laughs> maybe Madison Beasley <laughs> maybe bestie um I don't know I I've always found them to be 
two separate parts of my career. I consider myself to have like a lot of jobs. My like influencer career is where I have my biggest platform, but it's where I'm my most personal, which is like a weird juxtaposition to have. Where I, I feel like I bear all on my TikTok, and then but when it comes over to Instagram and I had this issue when I started out too I was starting to repost stuff onto my Instagram I was losing a lot of followers and I was like they're just completely different markets they're like mm. they're there for different reasons like Instagram's there for me as the image and what people want to project onto me um you know like oh pretty photos you know and your pretty music, woman I guess. I think and the music more, now yeah. yeah but then on the TikTok it's like people are there because I'm I don't know, I'm just being me, which is relatable to a lot of people, but it's not necessarily marketable. You know, in the industry, you want to look cool and you want to be cool and you want to, like, mm. Instagram is very, like, I don't know, a little mm. more formal. Yeah. Mm. Do you f- see any possibility of all those different things converging at some point in the future? Like, maybe through the rebrand or... Mm. That's, yeah, I think probably the rebrand, funny enough, I think Stocker is even more professional and sort of removed from me which I think was kind of a little bit the idea I found like being an influencer and having like my name attached to everything I was getting I don't know like when like when you first meet me and whatever and it's like oh Bria bestie yay pink 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 Um, (laughs) I I think a lot of I realized very quickly like when I've told this story on my TikTok before like I was um uh, in a session and a producer I was like oh I have that guitar this producer looked at me and was like oh you own a guitar <laughs> and I I sort of realized like this like bimboy like sort of facade that I'd been putting on people genuinely thought was me and it was attached to my name and and that's how I was in public because that was just how I have fun um, mm. but I was like I really need to start separating those so I can remember like who I am again you know mm. underneath that yeah did you kind of lose yourself in that then? Yeah, like very very Paris Hilton vibes. <laughs> like you hear her talk about it where it's like you – well, she started off doing the show, um, The Simple Life, where the idea was they were playing characters. Mm. But everyone just assumed that was her and she had to play this character all the time. And before you know it, all you do is talk in that voice and all you do is use those like uh, like slang words and, and that that's who you become. Mm. And, um, yeah, I don't definitely don't want to get to – where she is at <laughs> her age and, like, that's just been your whole life. Mm. Like, I want people to see me for me a little bit more but then also be able to... Separate the art from the artist. Separate the art from the artist. Uh, no, not in that way. Oh, not in that way. But um, uh, to be able to as well, and just, like, with content creation, like, um, uh, be able to switch off from my work. Yeah, because well, cause it's dangerous if you don't because then that parasocial relationship gets even more intense. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. um like for me, I know it's really hard for me because all my content is just me. That, yeah. And I've been recognized four times now. Mm. Every single time, it's this incredibly strange interaction where I can tell that they know me really well. Yes. And they assume that that goes both ways. Mm. And it's not yeah. conscious. Like when you see, when you watch someone and you experience their life every single day, like mm. you're just like, yeah, like I know that person now. Yeah. yeah. Such a weird experience to be like, it complete is. stranger is talking to me like my best friend talks to me. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I found that like early on with TikTok when it was like fully in its heyday, like I, I would get recognized sometimes and everyone was really, really lovely. Like really, really lovely. Um, and, I was so excited to be meeting people. And it's, it's definitely something you dream of as well, like particularly when you like want to be a musician or something. You're like, oh, I can't wait till I'm recognised for the first time. <laughs> but I 
um, realized how awkward I am and I'd felt like I'd disappointed them when they yeah. met me. Like I've, cause particularly the start before I sort of assimilated my personality. That's probably what kicked it off actually. Cause I was so like, la la la, all up here. And then people would meet me and I'd be down here and I'd felt like I'd disappointed them. So yeah. it just sort of became who I was eventually to just be like this all the time so that I'm what people expect. Yeah. And what's that transition been like for you? Um, well, it, kind of easier because I took the break. Yeah. Like I just sort of dropped off. I didn't post on social media for a couple of months, like a little bit sporadically here and there, but mostly just off. And um, then sort of like been able to rebuild from there. I'm still like working out how to, I guess, like be like this with, with <laughs> people and yeah. stuff. But um, uh, I'm hoping that Stocker sort of kicks off a more simultaneously a more authentic version of me and a more characterized version of me that we can understand is separate you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> yeah and you hope yeah. that people can look at that and be like okay that's an artist that's the artist yeah like, that's yeah. not the influencer bria that's like yeah. her artist project yeah and that's exactly. her i think it's really that. hard now though with social media because everyone experiences your life with you mm. like it's no longer this separation <coughs> between like okay that's their stage persona and that's yeah. their off stage persona like i know that and i think that really goes back to like 70s rock and roll whereas like those rock and roll stars were like this crazy persona on stage and then they felt obligated to be that off stage as off well off stage as well and yeah and destructive into the social media age yeah and we just can't get rid of it yeah now. and when the experimental stage as well like no one really knows what the hell's mm. going on when it comes to this stuff like mm. it's only really become a massive big thing in the past like you know 8 years like yeah. the the sheer intensity of it now um but what you were saying interesting about like expectation and how people when you recognize like for example i've met some like musicians through just my career that like i look up to mm -hmm. and you meet them and you're like they're just chilling like yeah and it's like so i think a lot of people due to social media have this real expectation on like when they meet someone it's going to be exactly the same as what they see on the screen and it's mm -hmm. just like um. yeah it can create no like and then they'll get outraged like for example like <laughs> I was listening to the Charlie XCX podcast and they're talking about like you know when you go on tour and you're touring and it's like that green room to your home and you have strict green room things like mm. your fans can't come in it's like well that's your home for tonight and people go oh why are you so tired it's like because I just got, like people don't actually register all the other stuff that, like you're actually a person that like, goes through shit yeah. and you're tired and mm. you could be tired or run down or you know and it's like I think I don't really know how we can kind of combat against that mm. especially that younger people are getting on TikTok now as well so they're going to have this programming that they expect that as mm. well so it's going to well, be I, kind of a I, weird thing to see kind of how resolve it plans or out. how it pans out I think though what I do enjoy about social media and I guess like I work in social media so I do have a soft spot for it um I enjoy that that we are having that sort of rubber band and counterculture to what is the big like influencer sort of side of social media like um we're seeing more authenticity and even mm. though it's feigned authenticity at the moment we the parasocial relationship is like a double-edged sword because people are like, you know, being like, oh, I'm more connected to you. I know who you are, yada, yada. And you, you feel like you have to be this like grandiose version of yourself. But 
because more people are breaking the mold and being authentic with it, we are peering through the loophole and seeing that, mm. uh, you know, like, you like celebrities are real people. Who, yeah, you can pick out who's kind of doing it a bit too much. Doja Cat is really good at it. Yeah, mm. well, that's a great example. And mm. she's just naturally really good mm. at being authentic on there. And you can tell when someone's not because it's, it's almost like they're miming something else. And it's yeah. like, or oh, I don't know, like, yeah. But I think, I think it goes both ways too, though, where I've had... I genuinely enjoyed doing the, like, pink, pink, bestie, over-the-top, mm. like, bimbo thing for a while. And, like, I still do. And I think that a lot of people as well also projected that that was me in a negative way mm. as well and not realised that it was a caricature and that and it was me fun. doing... Yeah, I was doing, I'm like, I was doing it to... It started off ironic. Like, it started off, um, uh, you know, being honest, like, with a bit of judgement behind it, with a bit of, like, oh, yeah, like like fuck social media like fuck like the people who are like you know all influencer and like buy my product and yada yada so I was like <laughs> I have this following like it'd be funny to to do that um but then I sort of growing started growing an appreciation for it because I think I, I also did it a bit in an exercise to I've, I'd always grown up a bit judgy a little bit like music wanker like I, I don't listen to pop like I, I don't like pink like I'm not like the other girls <laughs> and I I realized how cynical I was and, and how much of a equally like a, a bully I was being to people who were interested in, in mainstream things. Mm. So I was like, I'm just going to try and live in this uh, world and live in this blissful ignorance. And it was nice and it was fun <laughs> and it was enjoyable. Um, and then, you know, in turn, it's kind of a bit of my karma. Like I started getting treated uh, or looked at the way that I used to look at people who did that. Right. Um, so it was like cool to be on the other side of it, but it's very meta. Very meta, <laughs> very rooted in misogyny. Mm. Very like not letting uh, women just enjoy what they want to do. And mm. I'm I'm happy for the bimbo movement because I think it's meant that, um, you know, the whole like women support women has allowed us to sort of get past like oh we don't like boy bands we don't like you know like hydro flasks we don't you know the things that women find trendy and cool we're less and less making fun of with this supportive movement obviously choice feminism has their downsides and it's like you know rooted in a bit of privilege but i think it's important that we're breaking that mold and i think it's important to stop judging people for doing things that they find fun mm. and enjoyable when it's literally not affecting you at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, it let literally not affecting you. Yeah, yeah. Let, let people live their life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me say Facts. slay, let me say bestie, let me like pink, let me get giggly, Facts. and then also let me be like this. People are mm. multifaceted, and it's <laughs> not just for me, it's for, it's for, like, anyone. Like, I think, I think teenage girls get it really, really hard on social. It's really hard. Well, because it's so easy to see people as a as a one dimensional being, you know, mm. like you can easily look at someone and be like, all right, that's them. Mm-hmm. Picture painted in your mind, like that's them on social media, that's them in person, that's that's every part of them. Yeah, absolutely. And then you start, if, especially if you don't like them, you start picking away at pieces of them. Yeah, mm. I think that that's how things like the hydro flask thing started, mm. and like mm. liking pink. It's like mm. I don't like that person, and they do that thing, mm. so that's all women, or that's yeah. all. Non-binary yeah. people. Yeah, well, or that's, that's the D'Amelios. Exactly. That's the, all the little TikTok stars. And yeah. it's like, I don't know, man. They're just kids who liked dancing. And then they got 
wrapped up and they got yeah. managers yeah. and they got Doug, made to do all I this got stuff. I that famous at 15, mm. I would also buy a stupidly <laughs> big mansion and have my own reality oh, TV show. Oh, yeah. It all comes from my friends everything. as well. Mm. It all just comes from like envy and insecurity. Yeah. Anytime yeah. anyone knocks anyone down, it's like, yeah, that's yeah, and that's, and that's the thing too. Like, if you put yourself in those shoes, like, yeah, I'm 16 and I have 11 million dollars at my disposal. Mm. It's like absolutely, I would do all that stupid stuff. That's what you do when you have disposable income. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're talking about it like with Millie Bobby Brown as well. Mm. When she, I, this is my trend prediction. It's on <laughs> camera now. She's coming back within the next two months. I promise you, everyone's going to stan her. I yeah. promise you. I'm a psychic. No, <laughs> I'm just a trend predictor. But I uh, Millie Bobby absolutely Brown. Absolutely agree with you. I yeah. was saying this exact same. You were. <laughs> Day. I, I after feel the, it after the Stranger Things premiere that they went that she went to, mm. and she ha, they, all that stuff came out. Where it was like she looks like a young Jennifer Lopez. Mm. And I was like, she's gonna come back. Now I've been saying this for months now. It's because mm. she, where Hollywood has a white man of the month, like a white boy of the month, yeah. they also have. They just pick a woman and they go, you fresh, know what? We hate you. They have a freshly eighteen woman of the month. Oh, not even just that. Like it's like the you know like the Katy Perry's or like the yeah. like you know, like Britney Spears Taylor vibes. Swift. They just they just decide to dislike someone. Mm. And Jennifer she, Lawrence was the one Jennifer for a Lawrence. Very yeah, long actually, time. She yeah, did right. Because she was it's women who they get a an upswing in popularity and then people go like, oh, but they like this. Or like, Because Jennifer Lawrence, she was like the, oh, yeah, I like pizza and I like hanging out, which yeah. is a typical man thing. It's like the <laughs> ideal male fantasy, like, oh, she's one of the guys. And then she still got given shit for it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't win. <laughs> let me live. Um, Sliv. Let me swim. <laughs> let me swim. Let me swim. But... Yeah, and so I think with like Millie Bobby Brown, she was just she was a child being annoying in interviews. You're telling me that if you as a child were being interviewed like by like big Hollywood by reporters Kimmel. by Jimmy Kimmel, you wouldn't get annoying? I would mm. be so annoying. <laughs> I would have got the shit bullied out of me in Hollywood, you know? But she was just existing and everyone was like, wouldn't it be funny? Yeah, all these like mature people like being like, What the fuck? Why is this kid Literally. like being annoying? It's like they're a kid. Like they haven't, yeah, they yeah. haven't even like they don't nice. even know what's going on. When she was like yeah. fourteen, I met her by accident. By accident. By accident. I've never told this story on the wow, podcast. Okay, wow, okay, go ahead. It's um, a good story. So I was at a comic con. I was at Supernova, and it was the year that Stan Lee was there. So I was waiting in line to meet Stan Lee. I'll do the super abridged version so that we cool. can buy it quickly. But I was waiting in line for ages, and a friend of mine that I was doing a, a musical with at the time, um, her name was Kate. And she was also, the, she's the same age as Millie Bobby Brown. So Slate. she'd messaged me before and was like, I'm going to be at the, the con um, if you're around and I see you, we'll, you know, we'll catch up for a bit because I hadn't seen her in a little bit. Anyway, we're midway through, like we'd just taken a break rehearsing the show, like a couple week break. And, um, and we were all learning stuff over the thing, over the break. And I, I run into her and I start having this conversation with her. I'm like, oh, how's the show going? How's you, how's you going with learning lines and stuff? She's like, oh, yeah, it's going great. Like, kind of seems a bit off. And I was like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Chatting with her a bit. Um, and had this whole, like, 10-minute conversation with her. Um, and she's like, okay, i got to go. Like, I'll, you know, catch you later. And I was like, yeah, see you later. And then <laughs> I'm with my dad. And my dad turns to me and goes, that was a really co- casual conversation. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, she's in the, she's in the show with me. He goes, oh, no, that was Millie Bobby Brown. 
Wait, so you thought it was your friend? I fully thought that she was my friend. Oh my god. Because <laughs> they look so similar. Wow. And so I went this. I went and I bought an, an autograph ticket from her after I saw Stanley and stuff. This was right at the end of the day, there was no one there. I went up to her booth and I was like, I am so sorry. <laughs> I fully thought you were my friend. Kate, like we're doing this. Sh- I explained <laughs> the How whole thing. Are you going learning lines for strange <laughs> yeah, things? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, Because this is like right between seasons two and three. Yeah. So she was like, <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, I had this like total conversation with her family thought it was hilarious that's um, so funny but yeah i like had this moment i was like it must have been nice for her to just like be, be a person for a yeah. bit yeah <laughs> yeah anyway that was my little that's a good story. story well she's coming back she's coming back <laughs> she's coming back <laughs> and, you'll, and you'll think that she's someone else again at yeah a again she'll come yeah. back and be like oh my god jennifer lawrence <laughs> maybe i think she's i've been getting people have been commenting on my tiktok like, oh, is, I thought this was Millie Bobby Brown. Are you Millie Bobby Brown? So yes. maybe you'll run into me. And be like, <laughs> no, you'll run into her and you'll be like, oh, how's Stocker going? No. <laughs> how's the song? You single sick. <laughs> Why do you have a British accent, Bria? <laughs> Actually, I do. Is this a, a new character? <laughs> it's, it's the new version of my social media. Phase three. Uh, <laughs> Why is Stocker. it Flat Earther? Oh, that's sick. A flat Stocker. Earther. Stocker. Hey, Stocker. Stocker. Oh, it's like Stocker. <laughs> stocker on the track. Like UK bro, like stocker. A lot of people think it means I'm like stocking shelves or like yeah, stocks. Yeah, so you've gotten a lot. Yeah, I'm getting into crypto, guys. You work at Tesco. My- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's go back to kind of the, the rebrand. Mm. This new song is the new, the first song from Stocker. Um, yes. How, what was that process like actually making that? I know we talked a little bit about the samples, but I really want to talk about like, what was it like writing it? What mm. was the turnaround time like for you? And how have you kind of built this idea of what Stocker is going to be and mm. how have you put that into this Good song? question. Well, yeah, Stocker, Stocker has been brewing in my mind since like December 29th. So I knew what I wanted her to look Very like. Very specific day. <laughs> yeah. Since just, end of the I'm, year. It was end of the year. Right. Slend <laughs> of the Slayer. And <laughs> year of the Slay. <laughs> year of the Slay. Today, this year's the year of the Slay. Um, and... So I knew what I wanted. I just needed to like um, get some songs together. So I started like working with uh, James, working with another producer, Mason Rowley, incredibly talented from Archers. And we'd written a couple of songs with Tom Eggett as mm-hmm. well. So, and I'd sort of had these you songs branched that- branched out a bit. Branched out a bit. And I, so I had these songs that weren't fitting in with Bria. Mm. And so I knew, okay, like that's sort of the vibe I want to go in, but I want to keep writing. And then um, I was- uh, Really, really fortunate to, through um, a friend of mine, uh, get a sponsorship in the new Studio 4000, um, which is a new studio in the Valley. Very exciting. Mm. Um, And we got that through CoWrite, who are these absolute besties over in Sweden. They do, like, distribution um, and they help independent artists sort of, like, fund themselves, like, through their fans and get their fans involved in the process. It's really, really incredible. Mm. Um, But, yeah, they let me have a studio for a month, which meant I had a place to record I had a place to write I had a place to like bring other artists in and other like producers in um so during that month I'd sort of um yeah gone through a breakup wrote a song um (laughs) that uh, which is the angel which yeah which is oh I don't know if I should announce that but oh well sneak peek um (laughs) yeah uh, which may be the next probably probably the next single yeah yeah but I got which was written before written before 4000 yeah yeah, written before this one um but I'd written that and it just immediately felt right. I was like, this this is it. This is the new vibe. So I got 
some like press shots together with Tom Vu who works out of here Fantastic um, and Francis as well mm. yeah and we just sort of it sort of this sort of fell into place yeah I it did. was I I'm such a perfectionist I really wanted Stocker to be like I'm like collect all these assets and then have it like plan it out for months in advance and then have like a slow burn um, but then the supergroup happened and I was like well if we go far with it like if we get into the finalists or even win I can't do it under Bria so it was we had 27 hours to make the song <laughs> at about hour 26 I was like we were just like getting um, absolutely lovely Jared um, to master it for yeah, like help Jared us master it. 4, Jared out of 4,000 to master it for us um, and so we we're sitting in the room and I was like wait I should change my name to, to James. I was like, we, yeah, if we're posting this, yeah, we're uploading it tonight, I just kind of have to. Yeah. So it was a good lesson in like not uh, getting in my own way. And mm. so I just grabbed one of the, um, one of the press shots from, um, from Tom. And um, we also had taken some iPhone photos with um, over at man, Zach McMurray, and he threw together a logo for us and for rodeo. And I just uploaded it and went, all right, this is yeah. this is me. Hi, I'm Stocker. And I think it was easier because I knew what she looked like in my head, but it mm. was hard It was hard to rip off that Band-Aid. It was hard to let go of my like, no, this has to be like a six-week rollout and I have to like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, my little marketing brain was like. You had no <laughs> chance. But you couldn't, you couldn't yeah. have done that, yeah. I know. I Yeah, I just sort of had to. and I'm, I'm glad I did. It's been received well. Yeah. Mm, thank you, guys. And I think the sound is like as well like musically – I think, or just all the whole Sonic side of it is very much like we're on the same wave with what its standards at now, yeah. and whether that's just taken us grow both growing as songwriters and producers and everything, just growing in the music as a creative. Mm. I think we very clearly know what's serving Stocker and what's not. Yeah, like, and it's like I don't know. It's it's almost like like you said, it falls into place. It feels a lot more flowy and intru- and like just persist at it and it's kind of falling and flowing than like, then like Bria where it's like when we were doing the previous projects, like it was like, you know, we did, couldn't choose a single out of like five songs and we yeah. just kept jumping between shit and yeah. I just think we needed to be at a better place creatively, just a bit more experience, a bit more yeah. growth. We were a little rushed with, with speed dial coming out but like, it, it was really worth it just getting that kicks on and now like yeah and taking it off sick I I oh, love taking I've it off gone speed back dial. And I, yeah it's great it, yeah it's they served they served their own they places like so a, yeah, well a purpose so so much of a purpose but we we were in a really fortunate position where which is really rare where like we got to grow together and mm. meet up so early so that like uh, we sort of were learning together for a couple of years most people can't do that mm. most people you, you end up in a position where it's like you're like paying for studio time or you're like meeting up with different producers and you, you don't Trying actually to get to get comfortable together yeah yeah definitely yeah definitely. it sounds like you had a lot of different like a lot of creative minds on rodeo was that right like a uh, lot of people working on it? it was, no, no, it was just no, us it was two. Just, just, us. Us. just yeah, the two yeah. of us. Um, I've worked with other people on other songs, but yeah. we did have um, in 4,000. Yeah, in 4,000, there's like a lot of other producers and artists yeah. around. And we're open. I think we're like a lot more open with Stocker to collaborate more and get more mm. people involved. Like Even with Bria, we just didn't know where to find anyone. Yeah. And I think also we just, as we said, we just have a better understanding of like what it is 
the sound needs to be and what it mm. needs to feel like and kind of I think personally it's just a little bit more ex- not experimental but just no, yeah. more yeah experimental. more experimental but more like yeah less fo- it, more looking for those weird things mm. the in between places that haven't been it, within the production yet, yeah. like even in rodeo there's like that vocal loop that you did yeah. where you're literally just going like that that kind of shit like we wouldn't have been doing that when we were doing yeah. the no. stuff, older stuff like thinking about those little token things that kind of Whatever give it a world that's very song. yeah always what serves the song not what serves me not what serves james like i have some ideas sometimes that in theory are like really really cool but it just it's not not the hitting song. the song or it's even executed like incredibly but it's just like it's not yeah it, it has it's to be too derivative or it's so, it's just yeah. not serving the song mm. yeah kill your darlings yes kill, kill your darlings. babies that was obviously a super rushed production but what was the creative mm. process like from writing the lyrics all the way through to a final master well it definitely started with me i'm sitting in my car stalled in the yes, middle yeah. of the section and I was like, okay, this sucks. But because like when you store the car, the radio still radio still plays. The rodeo. <laughs> the rodeo <laughs> still plays. Um, so Springsteen was there and I was like, okay, Sleeve. And it reminded me of, um, uh, that's that, like Americana rock that you kind of get with like Lana Del Rey's Ride or like yeah. one of my favorite songs, Dick Hard by Critter. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I've not heard that. I have to listen Slay. to that now. So good. Or like Alan Power, that sort of like country western. Mm, so yeah. I was like, I'd been thinking about making a song yeah, like that for a while. Yeah, you were showing some... Like we were writing prior to it before, and you were showing some showing references, those references and saying you but wanted we just to do something like that. Yeah, um, hadn't hit it yet, and so I got home and just started like banging out these like lyrics. It's sort of a, like half Tokyo Drift, half I'm a cowboy in a saloon, <laughs> like you know, like a whiskey slid across the bar, and I like <laughs> grabbed it and like pulled a pistol out. Um, but but then I'm also in my car, yeah, like also it was drifting. Very, like Tokyo, Tokyo, with a gun, like with the whiskey, like <laughs> you know, weird crossover, really weird crossover. Um, so I just started like banging out some some lyrics so that I had something for when we came in with James, and yeah, then we we jumped into the studio together and grabbed the I because I'd I'd been working the f- couple of days before on some different demos, so I'd played those once to James, and I think I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the look you gave me was like. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're nice songs, but they're like not yeah. there. But both of them had um, the super organism beat yeah. in it. So we chucked that in and then I wanted to use like Holly Humberstone vocals as sort of like a patty thing. So we played around with it being like a chordal, like polysynth, mm. but just, I don't know, it wasn't really hitting. And I was like, look, I want it to be a Western. Let's just start off by writing the song and then we'll work with the, the p- samples, samples more later. as we go along. So James whipped out his guitar and did like the ding, 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 <laughs> yeah. ding. And I was like, no, it needs to, like, we need to have that sort of bassy note hitting. And we we're playing some reference tracks because I, I wanted it to be like a, you want to be able to hear it having like a, a whip crack in the back and a, oh. <laughs> and like a, <laughs> and like a um, what's it called? Like an eagle, like, ah, like yeah. in the background. Um, so once we hit that right with the, with that, I then guitar. started writing the melody and, um, James I and I like to, yeah, we like to do go start together, go and separate, then go, and then come back, and then come back. Yeah, in the same room though, so there's probably some like telepathic, like kind of, you know, past life siblings sh- shit going on. <laughs> like whilst we're writing it, it's kind of like we're in the same zone, mm. in like yeah. yeah, same energy in the um, air. 
Yeah, yeah and then I just went off and did the production, some of the main production some stuff. Some of that prod and the verse. And the chorus. Once we got the chorus, Once it we, was like Well, because we played around with that, like, nah, nah, nah. I was like, because yeah. I'd heard a pod. When? No, that was Charlie XC. It was Who? Charlie XCX and AG Cook. We were listening to the new album and there was this one, like, sort of ad-libby thing. Oh, and you're like, how ah. would they even do that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And so they were like, oh, they've obviously just hard-tuned it and then gone like, Wah! and so I was like, <laughs> let me have a try. And I came up with that sort of, it's like not quite a Western. Um, it's almost Eastern. Yeah, not Western way. in the sense of like cowboys, but like as in like Western world. It wasn't like very Western tonality. Yeah. Um, and it's probably one so of the modes. Eastern, Western. Like Dorian or something. Tokyo, well, there is a Tokyo Drift. Um, yeah. yeah. So then uh, put that one in and I was like, oh, this isn't going to be like a regular, this is going to have Song. like a drop. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then wrote the rest of the, pretty much, yeah, went through that. Then that meant we could then incorporate the, once we started looking at the other samples, I noticed how much like harder it was getting and it was getting into that sort of like new metal sort of mm. vibes. Um, and you I was like, I want to- the distorted guitars. Yeah, and, and like the heavier, like the, the drum fills and it's like getting into that more rockier sense in the drops, which is like really fun. Um, so then, yeah, then I got to, I was like, I want to get, <laughs> at this point we were like delirious it was like yeah it, it was like, like eight middle hours of the in, night in like, like no no break no sleep club another club um <laughs> i was exhausted and i was like i was like looking at james i was like i want to put slay in it and he's like what and i was like i want to scream something well, we, you, in you the originally know what happened oh, was no, you had a tick right. you you tick no I yeah yeah okay, yeah okay so we were playing it before and he'd, we'd written the drop and written everything um but we we're just about to track the vocals properly and um, I'm, great, I'm sitting, I actually have a video, not of it happening, but where I was, I was sitting on the couch and it was there and James is like playing through it, like playing with some stuff and the drop builds up. And then I, I have like ticks where they're, they're not usually <laughs> verbal, but I'll like whistle or sometimes I'll say things, rarely ever swear. But in this instance, <laughs> it gets to the drop and I go, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> but, but I didn't, I was going to delete, I went, I literally misplaced my keyboard and hit record instead, instead of, of delete. delete. And so he and then recorded. I recorded the fuck, the, the <laughs> tick. And then I and then we put it in right before the drop, and it was sick. It was so sick. I was like, we have to do it. But then I was like, I want to win. <laughs> so you had to. So I was like, let's make it like friendly for radio. Um, so we changed it to Slay and Sliver. <laughs> Just so Which is crazy. Way better. Way better. Way yeah. better. Get Slay on hashtag. Get Slay on Triple J. There's also you mm. doing like a full full um belt scream at the end. Oh yeah, over well. over the rodeo. Like yeah, when you it's like the chorus. you can just hear it as it comes out of the bridge, or it's like, foots on the oh gas, no. riding in my echo, uh, or for the, and the rodeo! <laughs> you can like hear it in the background. I went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then at the end, it gets a little bit synth wavy, which I think has it's been cool. sort of an influence over um, my music mm. in the past as well with like, um, I like think I think as well, like doing rodeo, I feel like all those in- influence that we drew on, mm. the more new metal stuff and like, I feel like that's something that we'll probably hold on to now when we do mm. some more writing. Like we'll probably be like, okay, we can like fuck around Let's with like distorted crazier. guitars and shit. Like we don't have to, you know, it kind of just opened it up even more like what we could do. Yeah, yeah exactly. At We're in our experiment phase. At any point in that production, did you step back and think this is not what I had envisioned? Yeah. Well, 
Yes, but in the best way. In the best way. way. Yeah. I feel like we're not, there's no vision. There's just a feeling that we're running off. Maybe that's what it is. Mm. Maybe it's now it's like we're making it and we just know when it feels right and we're not going in because a lot of times times you go in and you go, okay, Mm. I want something. Oh, but you did have a vision. You had the Wild West. I had the the Wild West, but I wasn't. Once the themes. Once we got to that. Court, when we first did the na, 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 I was like oh is this gonna work like I wasn't really sure because I was like this is taking a turn now it's not that like full-on like Americana rock thing that I wanted mm. but I'm glad we like wrote it out and Jack Antonoff talks about it as well it's this idea when the best the best music comes from uh, and the best collaborations happen when you're in a room with people and you kind of you don't have a vision you don't know what it looks like yet but mm. you all can kind of see that light up in the corner together and you you can't quite make out – it's like a sign in the <laughs> distance. You can't make out what it says. You can't make out what it looks like. You don't really know the colour, but you can all see it. You can mm. all see it, like the tiny little speck at mm. the end there. And you just sort of have to move closer to in it together direction. and add things to it to make it what it is at the end. Yeah. I much – I love that process. Yeah. I, that's so much more exciting to me than like – Kind of We're gonna make a this having song. the whole thing kind of mapped out, which is cool in its own right. Mm. Like, but that's never been how I work. I'm like Neither. constantly searching for happy accidents, and like mm. when I hear shit, when you're listening back on it and you hear something that's not actually in it, and you just it's what, but it's always just one thing at a time. Like it's never, yeah. I don't want to be derivative. I want to be slay original. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst thing I've ever seen. but original in the sense of like. Uh, well, we're talking about it with like the the Grimes podcast. Her talking about like uh, art. Art is about joining a conversation with all the artists yeah. It's like that come your. It's you. like your com- art is just a conversation you're having with all mm. the art that's happened prior, mm. and it's just your little way of perceiving yeah. it and filtering it through your well, program. It's so much brain. more exciting now, creating from a place of instead of like oh, here's this one song, let's make a song that sounds like that. There's, here's these references and then here's this movie I watched the other day and then mm. here's this piece of art and then here's the theme I want to talk about. Yeah, and here's this How do we sound. find the middle ground of yeah. that? And that, that's, that's exactly where I want to be with Stocker. Hell yeah. We kind of have to bring it to a close. Oh, shit. We've been yeah. going. I feel like I've been here for ages. You I could like tag <laughs> it with like all the different like things we talked about. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was awesome. It, it went on. Um, was there anything during the show that you wish we had talked about or something you wish we'd brought up or a story you wish you could have told? Whoa. I'm pretty happy. No, I'm content. I'm in the flow. I'm just chilling. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're just, yeah, we're just, <laughs> we're just, we're just, we're just, just no, chilling. like stock is like real chill. Yeah, like, stock is really like real <laughs> chill. Like. She doesn't really care about anything. It's <laughs> just sort of like living life yeah. on the edge. Living life on the sledge. <laughs> sledge. <laughs> sledge. Sledge. <laughs> okay, well, um, I'll ask you this then. Um, both of you individually can answer this. Uh, what would your advice be to someone who is wanting to or is looking into starting a creative career in music. Give uh, up. For you sp- <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I take it back. For you specifically, like, uh, obviously being a, a, a front man, I guess, or front person, mm. um, and for you being a producer, what what would you say? Me go, okay. Me go, okay. Me go. Um, I think you have to put a lot of hard work in. I think immerse yourself in the process. Um, not necessarily, like, do your research and stuff, but just, do it heaps and be open to collaborating because I've learned most uh, my, my biggest 
growth has like big steps of learning have been through collaborating with other people and learning other people's processes I think producing is so much more than just knowing how to arrange a song or sound design and stuff it's actually working with people and I think that that sometimes is overlooked is that you actually have to be able to work with someone and communicate with them and understand energies and when the energy's off and when to stop an idea or when to so I think just doing it with other people and putting yourself out there when you feel confident enough in your own abilities. Don't do it too early because then you'll actually kind of maybe find yourself in situations where you don't really feel like you've hit that standard yet mm. and then you're working with other people and you kind of feel a bit weird. You're like, I don't know if I should be working with... like I don't think you're going to be getting the best work out of this. Like The song's not going to be served the best way it can. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, be open to all, keep your, what's Graham say? Keep your neural plasticity up and listen to every kind of music that's coming out, even if you don't like it. Listen to everything. Mm. Be open-minded to everything that's happening. Understand why people are liking what's happening mm. and spend time experimenting as well as creating. Like, spend a lot of, have a natural progression between like writing, just purely experimenting, finishing ideas, like really map out the tiers of production and what where you can put time into all of them yeah my drop (laughs) (laughs) very much a similar idea i think the best bit of advice i ever received becoming an artist like really early days like 13 14 was like find someone who you like and do exactly what they did so i I would spend a lot of time like wikipedia-ing like lord or like marina (laughs) and the diamonds you know what i mean um but take that a step further and apply that to everything an artist does not just their comeuppance like go get like an education even if you're just educating yourself like from home like Mm. learn as much as you can um and look at all these artists and take what you find most best about them and most interesting about them and make it sort of a fusion and become your own person because you can't get anywhere being somebody else but you can definitely get somewhere from having a lot of influences Mm -hmm. and especially if your influences are the the best you know (laughs) yeah that's something we talked about a lot to to button that Mm. really nicely is that um imitation should breed iteration Mm. but if you're constantly imitating you're just going to be copying absolutely so you got to find that really fine balance where you're taking ideas but you're not directly being a copy of that person absolutely um where can people find you guys I'm stocker.mp3 now. Yay. <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram on stocker.mp3. You can find me on TikTok at Bria underscore. Um, and you can also find currently our music on Spotify still under Bria. Yeah, um, true. But, but will it be it under Stocker? It changed. It should be changed soon. Just oh, keep up to date on my... Have changed it? Yeah, not yet. admin on the pod Um, but yes just go to the Instagram I update everyone through there perfect that's S-T-O-C-K-E-R S-T-O-C-K-E-R dot dot mp3 (laughs) and you can find me just on Instagram Deja Vu Music so it's Deja Vu with a T Um, yeah you'll see everything that I'm doing there and it'll all be linked obviously yeah it's all linked just so you can find it um very, very last question. Answer, you can answer this really quickly because we are super over. Yes. <laughs> we'll see. Edit this one down. Yeah. Is Rodeo going to be on Spotify soon? 
No. No. Oh. Rodeo can't because the samples. Oh, because samples. Yeah. yeah. We don't have. But I, if we win. If we win, then. Yeah, if yeah. we get enough support and if we win, we can maybe have some leverage to get um, permission from yeah. the artists. And Perfect. if we. No, we'll just, yeah, leave yeah. it at that. Leave we'll it leave at that. It at that. Let's okay. hope for everybody, fingers crossed. <laughs> yes, Woo! fingers crossed. for Stucker. Slay. <laughs> um, is that a voting thing or is that just a... No, no. It's okay, just, it's just a regular It's just a general... Right. Judged competition. Okay. okay. Yeah. I was going to say, everyone go vote. But that's <laughs> what? Go stream. Go stream go it on stream. Unearthed. That yeah, yeah. Okay, let's wrap it up. Leave we have a tradition you. on the show. So what's going to happen is I'm going to do the outro to camera. It's going to be really weird for you. It's going to be normal for them. Yeah. Um, but then... You can both, or one of you gets to press this button <gasps> after we say Pink. bye. So how it works is I'll do the outro and then we'll go bye, bye. And since there's both of you, <laughs> do, you want to do, it? Bye. do you want to say it together? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll do that. And then hit the button. And then hit the this button. This one. Yeah? The pink one. Ready? Okay. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to or watching this episode of The Fro Show. We hope you've enjoyed it. Go check out Stocker and James on Instagram and Spotify. Everything will be linked. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week. Also, rate us on Spotify. Bye. 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 Perfect. It's there we go. Awesome. Good job, guys. Thanks, you guys. rushed that. Oh, so no, I'm sorry we went over. No. No, no, no. Good. <laughs> no, it's so fun. I was like, I was really umming and eyeing, like, should I go over?